We honor our senior pastor, Pastor Daryl Jackson, and our first lady. Amen. Thank God for allowing them to have a chance to get away and just get some rest during these summer months. And he'll be back on Sunday. In fact, he has already outlined two or three sermons for the next few weeks that he is going to be preaching. I said to him, Elder Jimmy, Jimmy Henry, I sure wish I had that gift like you. God gives him two and three sermons. And in fact, he, he give them give them sometimes a whole series that he's already outlined. I said to him just the other day, I'm still up on Saturdays working on mine. He told me, he said, Mac, you got a lot going on too. So, But I thank God for the spirit that he's given him and for the anointing that he's placed on his life. Amen. To preach the word of God to us. So can we celebrate them once again, Pastor Daryl Jackson, Pastor William A. Jackson. To Pastor Lawson, our Prasada, thank you so much, Pastor Harold Cuff, amen. Thank God for my wife, Elder Lisa Jackson, for being here. And to my mother, Mother Jackson, thank God so much for her. A praying woman of God, I tell you, Mother often tell me she called each one of her children, grandchildren, and now great-grandchildren by name. She said, every time I get on my knees, I call them by name. And I tell her, I say, Mama, prayer still works. I just believe the, the Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. Thank God so much for prayer. We're going right into the word of God. If you don't mind standing once again, it's a very short scripture we're going to share with you. And we'll get into the word of God. We're going to continue the series attitude amen pastor jackson has been preaching on attitudes it started out in june and we're going to continue that series a very familiar passage of scripture romans 8 28 new king james version and then we'll read the new living translation second edition paul says to the church at rome and we know somebody say we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, amen, to those who are the called according to his purpose. The New Living Translation, second edition says, and we know that God causes everything, everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Amen. Give God a praise for the scripture and the reading of his word. Right before you sit down, and since we can't touch each other like we used to, I know some people are glad about that. We're going to continue this series, and the message this morning is going to be on attitude, and it's an attitude of assurance. But the sub-theme, and somebody just lift your hands and say, God is working it out. I don't know about you, but I got an attitude of assurance. And I lift my hands in praise and say, God, you're working it out. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank God for working it out. I got the assurance to know that he's going to work it out. Our pastor has been preaching on the series, as we said earlier, Attitude and 
he's talked about the different series and you see the word cloud. He's talked about gratitude, contentment, humility. Thank you, media. Thank you to Brother DJ. And we are praying for Elder Brandon Glover in the passing of his grandmother. He's here on this morning. His 93-year-old grandmother died on yesterday that raised him. Brandon, we're praying for you. And I know that your grandmother would be proud of you. Pastor Jackson talked about humility, love, hospitality, forgiveness, empathy, positive thinking on last Sunday. And he read the scripture that says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Positive thinking. That relates directly to assurance. I don't know about you, but it takes faith to be assured about something. It takes believing in God to be assured about something. And I read a wonderful quote, and I've asked media to place the quote on the widescreen by Timothy Keller that says, the great basis of Christian assurance is not how much our hearts are set on God, but how unshakably his heart is set on us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. God's heart is on us, and it's an unshakable faith. Amen. Thank God so much. Not only is assurance related to faith, but a wise proverb says that self-assurance is two-thirds of success. Many of you are successful because, first of all, you believe in God. Then you believe in yourself. Let me tell you something. Don't let anyone put doubt in yourself. Don't let anybody tell you that you can't do it. With God, all things are possible. And, and as we start school, let me say to the students, you can do whatever you put your mind to it. Don't let any educator put it in your head that you are not smart enough. You are just as smart as anybody else. It may take you a little longer to retain it. Amen, somebody. I'm a witness, Dr. Cheryl Washington. It takes me a long time. I often tell my wife, she is so smart. <laughs> she, she is. She is so smart. And I have to read and read it again. Dr. Washington, I have to listen to it. And then I have to go back and highlight it. And sometimes I still don't get it. But you know what? I thank God it'll click sooner or later. So students, as you start school, know that you are successful. But then the problem with some of us is that some of us are too assured sometimes. Some of us are too confident sometimes. We only think a certain way. You know what, Brother BJ, I have been a choir director for many years, and I, I, I sort of am leery of anyone that comes and say, I want to sing this song. I want to lead this song. First of all, you may not have the voice to lead that song. Let, 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 let the quiet director be the one to say, well, perhaps you'll get to lead that song. Or, or Pastor Lawson, and I know you're just like this. I have never once asked anybody to preach in their pulpit. I have never said, I'll do it. I have waited until they asked me to do it you know what? Some of us are too confident. We think we know everything. 
And then some of us are just conceited. Oh, my God, my God. We, we got an air about us. You know what? We, 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 we think that we can just make the world revolve around us. If, if, if you overconfident, that's, that's something wrong with that. Then there's nothing wrong with being assured, but don't let it get in the way where you think you know everything and you think you're the best thing since sliced bread. I said to the church at 8 o'clock, sometimes those overconfident folks will only want to listen to their own ideas. They don't want to listen to nothing else nobody has to say. And if they're talking to you, just listen to them. Don't tell them your ideas now. Let them tell them everything that they think and just say, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you go there and you just say, God help them. They don't mind criticizing you, amen, somebody. But the moment you give them constructive criticism, they'll say, oh, she don't like me. He don't like me. They'll post everything on Facebook. Did you know that so-and-so? Stay off Facebook sometimes. Stay off Instagram sometimes because those are not reliable sources. <laughs> sometimes it's best just not to say anything. But then it's best to be assured in God. For the Bible says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. I am assured that I have faith. I can't see it right now, but anybody know you got the faith that God will work it out? I don't know about you, but I got the faith that God would definitely work it out for. A year ago, and I shared this at 8 o'clock, I preached this sermon from Jeremiah 29, 11, and it says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. There are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And mama, little did I know that that was that Sunday. On that Friday, I got a message from Deacon David Ayers. I was in my office at the Charter House, and I had turned off my phone for some reason. It was on silent, and Deacon Ayers said, he came into the office. He said, Mac, Lisa just called me and asked me to get in contact with you. You need to call Pastor Jackson. And I said, well, there's something wrong. He said, you need to call him. I called Daryl. He said, Mac, Pat just called me and said they had to rush Chip to the hospital. Called them back in 10 minutes. Well, he called me back in 10 minutes and said, Mac, Chip is gone. Little did I know I would have to rely on the word of God that says, I know the plans I have for you. There are plans for not good and not disaster. I had to get on my knees and say, God, I trust your word. We can be assured that God knows what he's doing and we can stand and trust his word. Look at what our theme scripture says, 1 Peter 5 and 10. So after you have suffered, somebody say just a little while, a little while, he will restore, he will support and strengthen you. Peter didn't stop there, Dr. Washington. He says, and he will place you on a firm foundation. So in other words, as I'm suffering, my knees get wobbly sometimes. My faith get weary, Dr. Deacon Carlos, sometimes. And if I'm not on a firm foundation, I may sink. But God said he will place you on a firm foundation. No wonder him knowledge is said, my hope is built on nothing less. Then Jesus' blood and righteousness, 
I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name, on Christ, the solid rock. Anybody had to stand on the solid rock sometimes? I don't want to stand on a, a wobbly rock. I have to stand on the solid rock I stand. Sometimes I can't stand with my mother, and I can't stand on her rock, but I can stand on Christ's rock. The solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. So be assured to know that God got your back, and you're, on, you're standing on good ground. Sometimes God allowed us to experience suffering, trials, and troubles, and it says for the perfecting of the saints. In other words, God is working on us, and he's working it out. We all have things in our lives that we need to work out. And as we think about working things out, let us, and thank you, Pastor Lawson, for telling me to take my time, and I believe I will. Let us think about this from the natural point, some of the, sometimes we want to work things out, but some people don't want to work with us. Some people are just difficult to work with. We have to come to a point and we have to sit down and say, can we just talk about it? I'm so sick of people sending emails and sending text messages. Sometimes a face-to-face -face meeting is necessary. Put on your mask, go to Zoom, do whatever you need to do. Don't call me on the phone, but let's just sit down and work it out. There are people that are sinning, that are leaving the church, that are discouraged, that are not coming to church, y'all, because the body of Christ cannot work things out. We have to learn how to work it out. Look at what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 18 through 22, the New Living Translation, second edition. But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange, Paul says, a body would be if it had only one part. Paul says, yes, there are many parts, but it's only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, Paul says in verse 22, some parts of the body that seem the weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. Ushers, you are the most necessary part of the body sometimes. Now, now, and and, and I'm, I'm going to say this, where are my preachers now? If it was communion, if we had an ordination, we would be filled up with collars and with robes, with probably six rows of preachers. But because we have to do virtual services sometimes, because you don't stand behind the pulpit and read the scripture or pray, where are you preachers? The usher is just as important as you are and they're here. We are important. We are a part of the body of Christ. Then Paul, in the 12th chapter and the 29th to 31st verse, asks a rhetorical question. And all that is, is he knows the answer, but he asks the church of Corinthians this question too. He says, are we all apostles? Uh-uh. Are we all prophets? No. Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? 
Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. But here's the scripture that I love. The 31st verse says, so you should earnestly desire the most important helpful gifts. But now Paul says, let me show you a way of life that is best for all. And if he was to end it right there, Deacon Simmons, that would be okay. But, but Dr. Washington in seminary, Dr. Harvey and my other professors said that the 13th chapter is a flow of the 12th chapter. And Paul goes right into the 13th chapter, says, if I could speak all languages of earth and angels, but don't love you, I would only be a noisy gong or a clingling cymbal. In other words, you can prophesy all you want to. You can heal all you want to. You can heat up my car all you want to. But if you don't have love, all you're doing is just making a bunch of noise. I'm preaching as hard as I'm going to preach right right now. It's something wrong with the body of Christ when all we want to do is heal, all we want to do is speak in tongues, all we want to do is shout. But then we go out and we talk about our brothers and sisters. We dog each other out. God is tired of this foolishness, y'all. He says we have to get it together. How can we encourage unbelievers to be a part of the body of Christ if we don't have unity and love? Acts 2 and 1 says when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all on one accord and in one place. And this is the one I like. Sister Gwen, I know you remember this. At, at our business meetings, sometimes we don't have them much now, but we would all quote this scripture together. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing. And here it is. And that there be no division among you, that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Get it together, y'all. We got to get it together. I'm, I'm including myself. Sometimes we don't have the body of Christ right, and that's why the world can't get right. If we get our act right, then the world will get theirs right. Come on, give God a praise. Give him a praise. Let's go and let's look at our text just for a brief while, and then we'll be going home. Our scripture text in Romans is written by the Apostle Paul, and Paul wrote this book from Corinthians, and unlike some of the other books that he wrote from the Roman jail, they are called the prison epistles. This was not one of those. He wrote this book from Corinthians around A.D. 57 before he visited the believers in Rome, and so he asked someone in the church that was an officer and that was a help to him to take this book and give it to the Romans, and it was a deaconess amen somebody we call them deacon wives thank God for the women of the church they were always working so a deaconess named Phoebe Amen. Delivered the letter to the believers in Rome. And the beginning of Christianity started in Rome just after the Pentecost experience in the upper room in Jerusalem. And no wonder Acts 2, 7 through 10 says, At that time, 
there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running. And he said, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. Now notice I didn't say they were speaking in tongues. But they were speaking on the day of Pentecost in other languages. There were people from all across the nation that heard them. And they said, aren't these Galileans? How can these unlearned men speak in our very own language? But when, when God wants to work something out, he's going to do whatever he can to work it out. So there were Roman believers there. What happened was those Roman believers went back. They shared what happened at Pentecost. So they started the church in Rome. And in this book, Paul does an excellent job of outlining how we come to chapter 8. In chapter 1 through chapter 3, Paul talks about how we need to get right with God for we're under the condemnation and wrath of God. And then in Romans chapter 3, maybe like verse 21 through chapter 5, verse 21, he talks about how we need a right relationship with God. And he talks about that we're declared righteousness by God. And then chapter 6, everybody needs to go back and read chapter 6. That is what I call the baptism chapter. He talks about how we need to be freed from the struggle of sin, freed from sin's corruption that leads to death. And we read this scripture many times during our baptism ceremonies. Paul says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abide? Certainly not. How shall the, that we who are dead to sin live any longer? And so Paul uses these scriptures to encourage the Romans. And then he gets to chapter 7. And Paul gets kind of deep on them. He starts talking about the law and the legal requirements from the law. Back then, they were under the law and they hadn't heard of the Holy Spirit. So Paul wanted to be sure that he included what they were comfortable in knowing and something that he wanted to instruct them with. So Paul started saying that the law is good, but there's something better than the law. Then he comes to chapter 8. And mama, I know this is one of your favorite scripture. Paul says, there is now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. My mama used to sing a song a long time ago. I feel all right under no condemnation, under no condemnation in my heart. So as believers, Paul wanted to encourage them. He says, you don't have to walk according to the law, but walk after the spirit. The law is good. He said, I came to, Jesus said, I came to fulfill the law. I didn't come to destroy it. But Paul says, but you need to walk according to the scripture. And just because you're walking according to the Holy Spirit, that doesn't mean you're not going to have any struggles now. Paul said, it doesn't mean that you're not going to suffer. In Romans 8, 18, he told them, he said, you need to consider something. Paul says, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory of God, which shall be revealed to us. And then he comes to Romans 8, 28. And Paul says, and we know. Let's stop right there. Now, he didn't say, and I know. He didn't say, and you know. Paul wanted to be inclusive in this thing. He said, Romans, my sisters and brothers, and we know 
Why did Paul say we know? Paul said we know because unbelievers don't know what we know, y'all. Unbelievers panic, God. I don't know about you, but when they get bad news, they fall all out. They go to all kind of doctors, but believers know something that unbelievers know. What do believers know? Paul says, and we know that all things, let's stop right there. Anybody know that all things? I don't know about you, but I got an all things praise. What's all things, Pastor Mac? That means the good things. That means the bad things. Mother King, I thought about you when I was worrying, I'm working on this passage of scripture. And I thought about how Deacon English, your father, died in 1980. And then four years later, your husband, while at work, standing against the wall, instantly dropped dead. You had a daughter in college. You had a pre-teenage son. And you had a four-year-old daughter, Cara. But then I looked at those all things. And I look now, Renisa is doing well in Texas. Raph is doing good. And Cara is a leading physician in the San Francisco area. That's in all things, praise y'all. Paul says, we know that all things, anybody got an all things praise? That means the good things. That means the bad things. That means the crying time. That means the happy time. That means the sad time. I thank God for all things. Somebody lift your hands and say all things. What is this doing? All things are working together. They're not working apart. I told you about the unity. They're not fighting each other. That means the good and the bad are working together. God said, come on, good. Come on, bad. You got to work this thing out. That means for I reckon that the suffering of this present time, that means you're going to have some heartaches. You're going to have some trial. Gwen, you're going to have some disappointing moments. But look at God. Look at what he's done now. All things are working together for the good. Nobody but God can do the bad and the good and equals the good. Somebody lift your hands and say, it's working for my good. It's working for my good. All things are working together for good to those who love God. I don't know about you, but I love the Lord with all my heart. I love God. Anybody love God? But Paul said, not only to those who love God, but to, to those who are the call. I'm going to stop right there. You don't have to have a preacher collar on to be the call. If you believe in God, you are called. If you believe in the word of God, you are the call. Somebody lift your hands and say, I got a call. I got a call. To those who are the call, according not to Mac's purpose, but according to God's purpose. He's working this thing out. I got an assurance that he's working this thing out. Let me leave you with three key insights. Number one, be assured that God is working out his protection for you. Any believe that God is protecting you? I don't know about you, but I believe that he's protecting me. Let me give you the scripture. Psalms 91, 3 through 7 says, For he will rescue you from every trap and protection from deadly diseases. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the diseases that stalks in the darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. 
Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, my God, these evil spirits would not touch you. Psalms 121, 5, 8 says, The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is the shade upon the right hand. The sun shall not strike thee thy day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you. We can stop right there. Anybody thank God for preserving you? The Lord shall preserve you. What does that mean, Pastor Mac? When we preserve something, the mothers of the church will give my mama some preserved fruits and they will put them in cans. Pastor Lawson, that meant that they can stay there for some years and they will preserve. Anybody thank God for preserving you? The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and you're coming in for this time forth and evil forevermore. And then one familiar one I want to leave you with, with protection. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall feel no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Come on, somebody. It's only a walk through the valley. It's only a shadow in the valley. Shadows cannot kill you. Shadows cannot harm you. And not only that, thy rod and thy staff shall come for me. Thou prepared the table before me in the presence of my enemy. David says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me as God is protecting me. He said, come on, goodness. Come on, mercy. Come on, follow him. That's my child. I'm not going to follow goodness and mercy. Goodness and mercy going to follow me. I'm on my way to the house of the Lord, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever and ever. Somebody say protection, protection. Point number two, be assured that God is working out his provisions for you. I have been young, and now I'm old, the scripture says. I have never seen the righteous to beg bread or to, or his seed to beg bread. Somebody lift your hands and say, provide, Lord, provide. I don't know about you, but God is providing for you. During this pandemic, some of you didn't know how you were going to make it. You didn't think you were going to have a job, but God kept your job. God kept your home. God kept you in your car payments. God has provided for you. Lord, I thank you for your protection. Lord, I thank you for your provision, but here's the one we're going to rejoice on. But God, I thank you for your promises. Anybody can be assured that God is working out his promises? Paul was a witness that he worked out his promise. Paul said in 2 Timothy, for I'm ready to be offered as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me, that's the promise, y'all, the crown of righteousness. I may not get it on this side of heaven, but I got a crown waiting on me. Anybody thank God for the crown that's waiting on you? I got a crown of righteousness that waited on me, and not to me only, but to all of those that love his appearance. Lord, I thank you for protection. Lord, I thank you for provision, and I thank you for your promises. And then Paul wrapped it up 
in the eighth chapter of Romans, verse 37 through 39, and standing on your feet, and then we'll be going home. Paul says, yet in all of these things, we are more than conquerors. Here it is. We are more than conquerors through him that love us. Paul says, for I am persuaded. Anybody persuaded? For I am assured, that's the assurance, y'all, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor persecution, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate me from the love of God. Anybody thank God for his promise? Lift your hands and say, Lord, I thank you for the promises. The promises of God are yes and amen. And if he said it, then he's going to do it. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for protection, Lord. I thank you for provision, Lord. But God, I thank you for the promises. God is a man that cannot lie. I said this earlier. Or the son of man that doesn't need to repent. If he said it, then it's going to happen. Be assured, saints of God, to those of you that are viewing us through our virtual audience, have an assurance of faith. But more importantly, know that God is working it out. I don't know what it is. Lord, I don't know when you're going to work it out. I've been praying for healing a long time, God. It hadn't come yet. He's working it out. I've been praying for my children a long time, God. Don't know when they'll be saved. He's working it out, y'all. I've been praying for deliverance a long time. He's working it out. There's a song by Rickard Dillard and New Generation, and I've asked Elder Anthony Thomas to come along with our choir, and it's one of my favorite songs. Rickard Dillard says, things will work out for me. He says, whatever you do for me, however things turn out to be, as long as you're in control, I know that things will work out for me. Your troubles and trials only come to make you strong. I reckon that the present sufferings can't be compared to his glory in you. Then the choir is going to reassure us and let us know that all things work together for the good of them who love the Lord. He's working it out. Come on, Anthony and choir, let's sing a little bit of that. If you want to come to the altar, please, ma'am, please, sir, feel free to come to the altar, spread apart, and keep on your mask. Know that God is working things out for you. Yeah. Anybody believe that he's working it out for you? Somebody say, work it out, Lord. Work it out, Lord. Things are working out for me. Yeah, thank you, choir. Whatever you do for me. Uh, thank you, Anthony. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. However things turn out. As long as you're in 
Avengers, we were in control. I know. Things will work out. Yes, they will. Lift your hands. Song says, as long as you're in control, God, I know things will work out for me. Perhaps some of you are viewing, you're in a point in your life where you seem to be losing control. You don't know how things are going to work out. We're here to tell you that God is working it out. Whatever that all thing is, turn it over to him. If you need prayer, you can dial 1-888-776-1238, or either you can email us at prayerrequest at bwcar.org. If you want to become a member of this church, if you're viewing us virtually, you can email us or you can dial, and someone will take your information. To those of you that are here in the worship center, if you want to become a member, we have clergy that's standing to the back doors after the altar call. Someone will be gladly escort you down front, down to the back walls, and we'll be able to take that information for you. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, for your word declares that we have an attitude of assurance. God, we are sure of this, that you're working out our protection. You're working out our provisions, God, and you're working out our promises. And we know that you are in control, and we thank you for that. Now, God, we ask that you work out that situation, whatever it is. There's someone here, God, that's viewing us, that's in the worship center, that don't know what's going to happen. Let them be assured, God. Give them the testimony that is working it out. There's sickness in somebody's body, God. Work out that situation. There's a financial need that somebody have, God. Work out that situation. There's a prayer request that somebody is praying for their children, grandchildren, nieces, and nephews. We ask that you work it out, God. Whatever that situation is, we believe that you're in control. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's children said amen, amen, and amen. Amen. As you return to your seat, you can remain standing. Give God one more praise for an assurance of faith that he's an attitude of assurance that he's working it out. Right before our benediction, we want to remind you of our vision offering that we take every week. And we thank God so much for so many of you that contribute to our vision offering for we have so many wonderful testimonies that we receive and one day we'll be sharing those testimonies with you want to let you know that i spoke with pastor jackson on yesterday and he wanted me to share this with you that portions of this vision offering as we go back to school will be going towards buying ten thousand face masks for our students give god a praise for that amen we are praying that God protect our students. We are praying for our educators. I said to the church at 8 o'clock, Brother BJ is a principal, Sister Lanisha Tindall, Sister Nashonda Walters. We have so many educators here and principals here, teachers. 
we are praying that God protect them, our students. We are praying that God protect them. And let me tell you this. I don't care what nobody says. You do whatever you can to protect your child. Don't let nobody tell you how to protect your child. If that was their children, they'll do whatever they could to protect them. So portions of this vision offering were donating $10,000. We're partnering with other community organizations and churches, and we're going to donate 10,000 face masks. I'm sorry, 10,000 face masks to the Lower Richland area schools so that they can be tech protected when they go back. Before our benediction, I asked the choir to come and to take us back to old school church. Amen. And many of us know that God is working it out, but many of us can identify that Jesus can work it out. Amen. Amen. Dr. Charles Ford and the Cosmopolitan Church did this some years ago. Jesus can work it out. And Sister Phoebe Dykes is going to come and take us out. And we're going to pronounce our benediction, but choir is going to come right after that and sing, Jesus can work it out. Lift your hands. Father, we thank you for the word of God. Now, God, dismiss us from this place, never from your presence. Let us find peace as we return to our destinations. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's children said amen. Come on, Sister Phoebe and choir, take us out on that song, Jesus can work it out.
We'd like to thank each and every one of you for tuning in. If you desire prayer, please call 1-888-776-1238. There are many safe, secure, and easy ways to give to Bibleway Church of Atlas Road. Online giving is available to both members and guests through my connections at bwcar.org. You can choose to give through your bank, checking, debit, or savings account. You can give via our mobile giving app by texting BWCAR along with your giving amount to 73256. You can mail your check to P.O. Box 90309, Columbia, South Carolina, 29290. Please do not mail cash. Financial donations will also be accepted at the church on Tuesdays from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. If you feel as if this service was a blessing to you, please be sure to share with your family and friends. For additional announcements and for more information, be sure to visit our website. That's bwcar.org.